Podcast episode 210. I'm Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about E3. It's the one time of year where we talk about things that probably actually matter in the game industry rather than just random trash I found on 4gamer.net. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of, you know, there's, there's kind of two sides I feel about it. You know, there's definitely always the feeling that like, hey, this is what everyone's talking about this week. So is there that exciting for anybody to come chat about? But I don't know. I like I like seeing the industry and like what's going on at the time. I I don't know. I've been watching video games for video game industry for a while now. Like right, uh, probably my first E three was two thousand three because I remember being I remember when I was a kid where I was thought E three was because it was two thousand three um, and that the next year be E four. <laughs> but no, no, it's just the uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo is all that actually is. So, yeah, um, you know, I've been watching it for a long time, and it's definitely gone through changes, and I don't know if it's so much a, um, me thing, or if it's, if it's just kind of how game coverage has changed, probably a bit of both, um, but I always just kind of go into, to E3 not expecting much, right? It's just, usually I feel like that if you, if you go in expecting, like, the world, you're going to be disappointed. Um, And this year, I think, has definitely so far been true. Um, The things I have not watched yet so far are um, the Nintendo that's happening on Tuesday, so before this podcast even goes up. I'm not going to bother watching the, um, I think it's the PC game show, and then it's like a future game thing. I've skipped out on them the last couple years and haven't really missed anything really important. So so I probably won't watch those, and so those won't be covered. But we basically, I watched uh, most of the things up until uh, Square Enix. So that happened uh, just a couple hours ago from, from when I am recording this. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of go through particularly the things that stood out to me. You know, obviously, I'm not really going to touch on things that maybe might necessarily be newsworthy. Although I, th- I do think it's worth, like, discussing, you know, what was a good show or not, specifically when it comes to platform holders like Microsoft um, Sony and Nintendo, because they've got an ecosystem they got to worry about, right? Um, so they need to work. They need to like build a a story and narrative around their console and and build out a library, whether that be first or third party titles that uh that make their console successful. Where EA is just going to kind of do EA's thing, right? It's 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 a different thing there. But I always find like Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony's like how they move and position themselves really interesting. Um, obviously Sony's not really at E3 anymore though, so it's a little a little less interesting these days because you can't like directly compare all of them. I don't know if Sony's really announced any plans. I know they did the Horizon stream a while back ago. I don't know if we talked about that much. I think I did briefly talk about it because I, I recall mentioning that I liked the um like armor system in that. But but otherwise, I don't know if Sony's planning on doing anything at this point. Oh, there's also like a Capcom and Bandai Namco stream uh uh, tomorrow from when I'm recording this. So today, if you're listening to this, the first day it goes up. Um, so, so those are technically out there still, but I think generally we probably seen the most of what E3 is going to have to offer outside of what Nintendo's doing, uh, probably. So yeah, but to, to get started here real quick, you know, I'm, I'm going to 
be very focused on the things I'm interested on. So, for example, Summer Game Festival. So, that's Jeff Keighley's show when he basically separated from E3 itself. Um, there's definitely stuff that was showed off in there, like Elden Ring and things like that. I don't have any interest in Elden Ring, so I'm not going to talk about Elden Ring, because there's plenty of other podcasts that go talk about Elden Ring. Um, honestly, this show in general is a little light for me in general. Um, I do think some of the announcements from the beginning were pretty cool, like Borderlands and things like that. Um, but, but, uh, the one that really stood out to me was the Metal Select Tactics, and I think this is the big one for a lot of people. It was also a big surprise, too. You don't really expect the metal select tactics game but it makes a lot of sense and 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 the trailer looks pretty neat i think what and i have not like really looked at the details of this game outside of what was shown during that showcase but you know basically it's like an isometric metal slug game if you haven't seen it grid based and metal slug is this old arcade series with these particularly four characters that are just kind of i don't i don't know much about metal slug they're they're like mercenary kind of people that run through and just do side scroll and shoot and stuff very very visually flashy game um, and so this isometric one looks a little weird because I'd, I've never, I, I have personally never at least seen these characters from this weird isometric angle before. So everyone looks a little strange. Everyone looks a little too thin. Everyone is like really big and bulky in the, um, in the side scrolling one. But either way, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, it looks cool, like gameplay wise though. And you know, if it's really just focused around those four characters and like the unique skills they have, as they are implying in the trailer, like one character, you know, seems to have, um, the ability to like do a, a jump over over pits while the other one can like maybe dodge between uh, uh cover and things like that is, is the impression i got um from from the trailer itself and you can also like combo things together like one character like threw a grenade blew stuff up and then another character was standing beside the guys who got blown up by a grenade and then went ahead and like would shoot them with the pistol afterwards um so it seems like there's like some nice comboing stuff going on in there i don't think i'll play this game that's gonna be true of a lot of these games we talk about today is that i'm probably not gonna play the majority if not all of these video games i'm gonna talk about today but, I don't know, it looked alright, I would play it if I had infinite free time to to play video games, so, so yeah. So that was pretty much it for that show. Uh, Ubisoft, I, I watched that one, I'm always excited for Ubisoft's show, you know, I don't expect a lot out of Ubisoft specifically, I think people are generally pretty disappointed in their show, and I understand, it's definitely kind of all over the place, um, usually. This year was pretty focused, actually, though. Um, they basically showed off Rainbow Six Extraction, which was like a four-player co-op, um, I guess, shooter, zombie shooter kind of thing. Although they're not zombies, there's these like alien kind of things. Um, it looks like a pretty straightforward one of those, uh, but being a Rainbow Six Extraction game, it has some of those elements where you can like shoot through walls and things like that. I've always been interested in Rainbow Six Siege, that like PvP Rainbow Six game. Uh, I just never really got around to it. And I, I definitely generally prefer pve over pvp personally so so it's definitely a little more appealing in that regard i don't think the enemies looked that diverse or interesting i think my biggest concern probably is that a lot of the enemies are hard to read it feels like like a lot of them are just kind of humanoid shape with maybe like a different face and i i worry that that would be a little hard to read from like across a room or something like that which maybe that's the intention maybe the point is those smaller minion characters you're not supposed to be able to tell until they're like they're really up close in your face but they just don't have a lot of diversity in designs they remind me of the zombies or i zombies quote-unquote um in resident evil revelations they're just like these big gray mass of things and they're not like visually interesting at all they're just kind of a thing um easy to shoot thing i guess but but it just makes it a little hard to especially in a game like that where i feel like you need to communicate with other players probably in a way that like left for dead has where you're like oh brute versus spitter versus hunter like i i would worry that it 
it would be hard to kind of convey that information to teammates um, if all the, the zombies look fairly similar, at least for like a new player, right? Where, where, where something like Left 4 Dead, you're not really going to mistake too many zombies for each other. Although, you know, things like the Hunter in Left 4 Dead and and specifically the Hunter is what I'm thinking of. That kind of looks like other zombies in the game. So I could see, I could see that, um, you know, being a little confusing. Although like the audio cues in Left 4 Dead, let's stop talking about Left 4 Dead. The audio cues in Left 4 Dead are distinct enough that you'd figure it out. I'm not talking about Left 4 Dead anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looked it looked all right. I would definitely consider playing it if I did it like multiplayer, but it's not something I probably ever play on my own, at least. I have Rainbow Six Vegas 2 that I haven't played through yet that I would like to at some point. I really liked Rainbow Six Vegas 1. Um, I like those kind of like, I don't know what you'd call them, challenging challenging shooters <laughs> i guess it's not really like a simulation shooter it just is a, a bit more intense i feel like than like a call of duty or something like that oh and kind of a side thing alongside uh rainbow six extraction they mentioned uh, that game and then also rainbow six siege are both gonna have cross play going forward um so that's that's cool I'm, i was kind of hoping that by the end of the last console generation that cross play would be a standard thing um, but it's, it seems like it hasn't really happened. Um, it seems like, you know, there's always things going on in the background and, you know, I'm sure it's, it, it takes a lot of effort to get all these systems to talk to each other. Right. I don't think it's like a free thing you can just do really easily. But, um, recently, if you didn't hear, there's like a Borderlands story about, I think Borderlands three, what they were specifically introducing cross play with every platform, but PlayStation and kind of the whole reasoning thought behind it is, um, recently some documents come out of the court case with Fortnite that basically says that like with PlayStation specifically, if you have a certain number of users playing the game on that platform, you have to pay Sony extra money basically. Um, so I'm going to guess something like that is definitely not helping the fact <laughs> to, to, to go through, get to the cross play, uh, you know, situation. But, you know, I, I do like that the, the, the can's been open essentially on this stuff and that people or developers seem to be pushing forward with getting this cross play stuff in place. I just hope that, um, it gets a bit more friendly. We don't have to worry about the logistics of it nearly as much, uh, going forward and that, that you can just assume every game will be cross play rather than that it be a bullet point in the box instead. One game that caught my eye that I, I, de I don't think I initially thought it would was, um, a game called Writer's Republic, which is a extreme sports game by Ubisoft, probably a spiritual successor to Steep, which was their kind of open world, uh, snowboarding game. Um, but this game has basically a variety of sports in it, including a snowboarding, biking, gliding, and, and a bunch of other stuff. But the, the whole point of it seems to be that you're kind of on this, you know, terrain, mountain, probably, um, where, where you're in kind of this open world environment. And I'm not sure if the intention is that, like, the, the, you know, people are always around, kind of moving around on the map, or if you, like, connect to a server only for specific events and stuff. But the opening of the trailer seemed to suggest, at least at, like, the hub uh, you have kind of players uh, gathering there. I say that, but it looked very um, canned. It did not look like something that was like naturally happening or actually happening in game with somebody moving around or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't know if that is actually what the case will be, but that seemed to be kind of the implication from the, uh, the, 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 the trailer, essentially. I think the only thing that I really 
made me think more about this game is that I do really like whiskey and I love that kind of like open mountain like vacation experience. And I think whiskey was a very particular flavor. Also whiskey has like a very like family friendly vibe with like these really cute characters and, and little cute storylines and things like that. Um, and I'm going to guess that uh, Writer's Republic will not give that same stuff that I would want out of like a whiskey or something. Not that it needs to. Just, just I was thinking about this while I was watching this Writer's Republic thing because like this actually looks pretty appealing to me. But I think that that kind of like aesthetic and 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 um, you know tone thing probably will be too big of a gap for me to jump over. But either way, I probably won't ever play this game because um, you know I, I have Go Vacation. I picked that up on the Wii, so that's still kind of in my my library of things to check out. And like the online stuff is fun, and I think I always like the concept of being like in a world with people online. Uh, it was one thing that I think jumped out at me about Tony Hawk Five. I think specifically was the one where they had it where everyone was just kind of this you know skating together in the same parks. Um, but ultimately, I I don't think it amounts to too much when you have those things like it's pretty rare that I feel like those online interactions that are just kind of random things that happen um, together really pay off uh, unless you need to be cooperative in doing something like, you know, if you're doing a, a fate in Final Fantasy 14, if those even exist today, I don't even know that game's changed so much, but, but if you're doing like a fate in Final Fantasy 14, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but if you're doing like, you know, skateboard tricks or, or, in, you know, other like racing games you always see like these cars driving around in the world and it's just like th does this really matter like because they're just kind of not they're not participating in a race with you they're just kind of there driving around and you potentially could run into them i guess i don't i don't know but yeah it looks it looks neat um and then there's also mario plus rabbits sparks of hope um i never got around to playing mario plus rabbits kingdom battle i really i i kind of wanted to but i think the problem with mario plus rabbits kingdom battle was nothing about the gameplay itself really stood out to me. I'm sure it's a good game. I don't think it's like, I don't think there's a problem with it. But when I looked at the gameplay, like nothing really screamed Mario or Rabbids to me, right? It, it just kind of felt like the the aesthetics, the characters, and the world kind of came into that. But, but in the gameplay itself, it didn't really come into play. Um, that might change with this new game. Um, basically, it's going to be like a full 3D movement kind of thing. And I don't know how intensive like the platforming and things will be but it seems like you have a very like mario 3d world kind of overworld you're walking around and, and doing things in um while while you're between battles in battle you have a full 3d movement system as well so basically instead of the grid system where you do you know move you know based off you know squares um basically there's a ring around you so very not really Valkyria Chronicle-ish. Um, I'm trying to think of a game that has that kind of ring system off the top of my head. But, you know, there's a ring around your your character and you can kind of move within that ring um, and then go and do an action there. So um, it, it, it looks like it could be doing something more with the world itself. And I hope with what they're doing, it feels more like a Mario game specifically. I'm going to guess they probably won't ever bring anything rabbits mechanically, given that rabbits were kind of mostly minigame focused things. So I don't really know what you would bring over from those rabbits games. Oh, there was rabbits go home. I need to play that someday. I do not have a copy of that. I always wanted to try out rabbits go home, but never got around to it, unfortunately. Um, but, but I hope to see, see more distinct elements in that game that isn't just Okay, we gave Mario a gun. The trailer is a fun trailer, though. If you haven't seen the Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope trailer, you should go watch it. It's it's pretty goofy, 
Um, I do like the the Rosalina rabbit who's just like horrendously lazy and tired the entire trailer and just kind of like sliding across the floor most of the time. It's pretty, pretty, pretty goofy. Strategy, strategy RPGs are something that I really would like to spend more time with. I mean, I would like to spend more time with almost all video games at this point because um, I feel like I never spend enough time with anything. But uh, but I I feel like I have a lot that's kind of my backlog. One of the big ones that I've always wanted to check out is Natural Doctrine on, uh, I think it's PlayStation 3, Vita, and PS4. Um, I don't know what it is about that game. It just looks like stupid complicated in a way that I was like, yeah. I want to try this out. I want to try out the stupid, complicated game. And I think it got pretty bad review scores because people were like, this is way too complicated. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, I, I think it depends a lot on, like, how com how the complexity is implemented. I'm going to guess, based off reviews, it did not seem like it was com implemented particularly well. But I've heard good things from other people about Natural Doctrine. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe someday. Talk about 10-year-old video games here while we talk about E3. So... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ubisoft, I think, was was generally a pretty good show for the most part. You know, I, I think they they largely showed off some some good, interesting games. And, and most of the stuff that was shown was pretty solid. The one part that I just kind of, you know, uh, stopped paying attention on was the uh, movie. There's some movie that's apparently based off some VR thing, werewolf thing. It's it's kind of it seemed like a comedy or something, but I don't know. I think like a lot of these press conferences, weirdly enough, had movie trailers. And then like, I think the summer games thing had... Uh, like some movie for some, I don't know, open world video game movie or something. I don't know. I'm not gonna, no more movie talk. We're here, we're here to talk about video games. I don't know anything about movies. Not here to tell you about Adam Sandler. Is that his name? The guy, he seems like he'd be in that movie, the, the video game one. He was in Pixels. That's a video game movie. Let's stop talking about video game movies. So, Microsoft. I feel like I say this every year, and this if you go back and listen to the podcast every year I've been recording it, this is probably the exact same thing I say every year. It's just, I'm waiting for Microsoft to still show me how they plan to kind of push the Xbox library forward, because they basically have been in hibernation for over half a decade now, it feels like. You know, they've been putting stuff out, but it's very, very small trickle of stuff. And, and largely what has come out, like Crackdown, Halo 5 the Forza games, I think people are just kind of like, yeah, these are fine. I think, I think part of the problem is a lot of their franchises haven't really gotten a rest. So they, I haven't really, nobody's like really had time to miss them per se. So I get that they got to They got to keep putting out this master chief game. And then also, um, chainsaw gun game. But I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe they need to focus on other things and, and get away from those to make them have some kind of allure to them again. Otherwise, like, Halo just kind of feels like it's just been around in the background for years and years and years at this point. Although Halo 5 was a while ago, I think. I, I don't think they've put out anything in the recent uh, recent history, at least. So, um, But overall, uh, the show was a little underwhelming yet again. I think it had a lot of potential to be good, actually, because they, they showed off new games... Um, and they did revisit some old games very briefly, or at least it, at least they cut in old footage from those old like reveals they had. But very little had gameplay. And if you know me, I'm not much of a teaser person. I don't like to see a teaser trailer. I want to see your gameplay. Don't show me like you know two and a half minutes of cutscenes and then like three seconds of like a behind the back slow motion of the guy shooting his gun or something. Like I I want to see what your raw gameplay looks like. And I just didn't really get a lot of that out of Microsoft, to be honest. And 
I will say most of the games that Microsoft talked about did not really, you know, inspire me. Not not because they're not because I think they're bad games. It's just uh, they're not really games that would speak to me. Probably, um, you know, I, th- I think the Forza game visually looks really really nice, but I'm not gonna play it. Very 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 low chance I'll play a Forza game in my lifetime, despite having I think a copy of Forza Two over there. <laughs> I'm not gonna play Forza 2. I know I have Forza Horizon as well, actually, now I think about it. I so both my Xbox libraries, so the original Xbox and the Xbox 360, I inherited from um my dad and my stepdad. So my Xbox and Xbox 360 libraries are these really weirdly specific things. Like they're they're like racing games and and military shooters, and it's like the most mainstream <laughs> like you know xbox library you could get and then there's like a few sega games i've bought in my own with my own money later on that i've shoved in there so if you go look at my xbox shelf it's just like 10 tom clancy games and i'm like yeah tom clancy i am ready to play a tom clancy tom clancy game at the drop of a hat i'm ready i've got like five ghost recons <laughs> something like that so so yeah but anyways you know it's it's, it's just um I just think I think just think the showcase could have used a lot more gameplay. If if they had game if they had gameplay for all the new reveals they had and gameplay for uh, the old reveals they had, like that Starfield game, there was some like in engine footage or something like that. But whatever, it's not gameplay. Um, <laughs> and and like their Fable and things like that. I think if they had gameplay for all of those, it would have been an amazing show. Um, but it, they just didn't really have that, so. You know, and I'm sure they have the reason. I'm sure they would love to show gameplay up front, right? Um, but I, I, none of them just worked for me. So I'm, I was kind of underwhelmed by the show overall. Uh, the one game that really jumped out to me was Battlefield Three. Um, one, it visually looks really nice. Uh, two, it's like in kind of a uh, you know post global warming uh, uh, environment. Uh, I think it's like fairly near future. I don't think it's that far off as the, their setting. But uh, I, I like that kind of like natural disaster environment against the player kind of thing. Um, although really, it's, it's it's one of those things that you have to question because it's, it's multiplayer only in this one. Like, how much will that actually affect the game? And how much will it be, oh, there's a hurricane in the background, right? Like, does, is it going to actually do anything? Um, the trailer did not really give me the impression that the, the environment was going to cause a lot of harassment of players. Um, but also I think that a lot of people don't really want that a lot of times, but you know, that's why you have a final destination in all your video games. So the players who really care can go and just play on the levels that are sanitized down, no random elements, (laughs) multiple competitive smash brothers is fine. Also, I know final destination is not the only stage you want to play. There's, there's a lot that goes into making a good competitive stage. That's why some stuff is still available online. Now I'm sitting here defending my, my joke. (laughs) That's not actually that serious. Um, but I think the other thing that stood out to me was that just the environments in Battlefield 3, and I, I will admit, I've not played a Battlefield game in a very long time, so maybe this is par for the course, um, but the environments just seemed really kind of open and barren in a way that I haven't really seen a video game do in a long time. Um, specifically, it reminds me a lot of, like, old Nintendo 64 games that didn't know what to do with their space, and so they're like, I don't know, we have a village, and technically, like, a village should be spread out, Right? And that's like not good for a gameplay thing, but 
We're making real video, th real 3D video games. This is like your real life kind of thing. It reminds me a bit of that, where it's just like everything's kind of weirdly open um, in a way that I think does not really make a lot of sense for a video game, but maybe makes sense in Battlefield, where it's like, you know, open, large scale warfare. And I'm going to guess you want a variety of different terrain types, but it's not like a battle royale or something like that either, where you have this giant map everyone's navigating around. It's, it's just kind of weirdly barren. But also, I think that kind of facilitates like vehicle combat and things like that in a in a in a way that that makes a lot of sense. So I don't know. It it, it seemed really flat, but <laughs> but it kind of caught my eye because it looked so weird and out of place. Um, so I hope that, I hope that game goes well, it turns out well. I feel like Battlefield's been kind of you know on its back foot for a while and. I think it's good to have a battlefield in the industry, a game that, that is focusing on that large-scale combat, vehicle-based combat, too, specifically. Because I don't think many other games are trying to do that right now when it comes to, um, at least, you know, the big games that really are seem focused on Battle Royale. I, I can't tell you the last time I heard anything about a multiplayer Call of Duty thing that was not Battle Royale-related. Um, that's not to say there isn't content like that, I just it seems like the sole, sole focus of the industry is on Battle Royale. So so having a, a PvP kind of thing like that is, is it's interesting. Um, there, oh, there was Halo multiplayer stuff that they showed off too, actually, speaking of, of more traditional PvP uh, in a shooter. Uh, it didn't really jump out at me as anything super special, um, but visually the game, I think, looks nice. I didn't have a problem with how Halo looks before. I know people made a big deal about it, so... You know, I, I'm not the person to tell you that they fixed the graphics, um, but I, I think it looks nice still. I, I think the one thing I would have liked out of it is uh, some campaign. I just wanted some single-player campaign gameplay uh, to see more of that. I know we saw it last year and everything, but I just want to see more of what that looks like, especially in an environment that's not like the previous environment they showed. I want to see what kind of diversity they have in their, their world design and things like that. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping Halo Infinite surprises me. Um, I don't know if it's going to. I don't. I don't remember loving the old footage I saw, but I remember being like curious, but like, okay, what is this game going to end up being? And then it feels like everything just kind of shut down because everyone was upset about the graphics. <laughs> it's like, all right, is this like is the game itself fine though? Is that why we're pushing this back? Is it just the graphics, or or is there other stuff going on here? So so yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for Microsoft. Again, I think much more gameplay would have been appreciated uh, during, the, during their show, I think. Um, Square Enix had a show as well. Um, and, you know, this one was kind of all over the place in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people were pretty disappointed by this this one. Um, although I think I overall was pretty happy with it. Uh, weirdly enough, I thought the Guardians of the Galaxy game looked fine. It, they spent a way too much time on it in the presentation. It was like 20 minutes of of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it was like, hey, we're going to show you a trailer, we're going to show you interviews, and now you're going to see some gameplay. And like, hey, kudos on them for actually sitting down and just being like, we're just going to show you some gameplay, because that's what I want out of these kind of presentations, and they did not, like most other people did not show anything like that. Um, so so having them sit down and just like play through some Guardians Galaxy, pre-recorded obviously, it was all definitely edited for time as well. Um, but I miss like just having those like on stage segments where a dude just play like Call of Duty for five minutes and it's just like, okay. And then it fades out and says, in the interest of time. Like, I just want to see, I want to see your game running. And I know that's like a dangerous thing. 
I know your Assassin's Creed demo is going to crash. <laughs> and maybe it doesn't make so much sense in like a, in a digital only uh, avenue, but I don't know. I, I like seeing a game just up and running and playable kind of thing. And then I'm definitely forgiving if it has frame rate issues. Like I will, I will definitely laugh at it. Like when Mario and Sonic at the Olympic games is running at like 12 frames per second. You're like, Oh boy, this is definitely something you could show in this presentation. <laughs> um, but like, I think, I don't know. I, I appreciate just being like, here's what this game looks like right now, and we're going to play through it kind of thing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of just like pre-scripted videos that are cut from special angles and things like that. So it makes it really hard to tell what's going on, um, which I think is part of why I like this this demo as well. Like it, it, on the surface, this game looks like it'd be like a third person shooter. I don't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy, I will say. So I don't know any of these characters, who they are, what purpose they are. If these are the same characters from the movie, if these are separate characters, I recognize the raccoon and the tree guy. Everyone likes them. So I assume there's all these same characters. Um, but the main guy seems to be this like, dude that has dual laser pistols things or whatever um and i was kind of expecting it to be like kind of a third person shooter um and, I, and thankfully it's, it's, it's not it's more like just like a third person action game with a character that's based around shooting um there's definitely a part where you're like aiming and shooting as well but it seems to be more about um movement around a character and and you know knowing when to use melee attacks and when to use ranged attacks uh mid-combat there were definitely times in the, in the gameplay where it seems like they just kind of floated around shooting for a little bit um, so I'm curious to see, you know, if his moveset evolves a ton. I haven't played any of those Marvel games to say, like, if they are reasonably decent at, like, being good video games or if they're just good for being a Marvel video game or something like that. I don't feel like I've ever had that Batman moment where everyone's just like, oh, Batman Arkham Knight or whatever is just a real good video game. Who cares? It's Batman. You need to play this. And then I never played it. <laughs> but but I feel like we haven't really had one of those in a while. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just forgetting things. Weirdly, Marvel heavy beginning of that uh that pr press conference though, and people were very. Uh, kind of upset about that so um the other thing they showed off was more Babylon's fall I I was a little surprised by this game but also I don't know I, I'm kind of all over the place about Babylon's fall one is a platinum game and I feel like most platinum games before they even announce it you're like I know what this game's gonna be <laughs> like like it's gonna be a different kind of palette around it and it's gonna be like that character actiony kind of thing uh but it's actually you know it is it is character actiony in some ways but it is a uh, four-player co-op uh, action RPG kind of thing where you go and like tackle dungeons together and uh it looks it looks pretty neat um it is visually pretty plain like something about it screams like 2010 uh action RPG to me where it's just like you know this game looks like Frontier Gate or something where it's just like the most plain looking models Monster Hunter looking models <laughs> it's just like these characters kind of look like nothing in a lot of ways but it has a like a slight aesthetic to it like it's very clearly got that platinum games flavor like injected in there but it's just so slight maybe it's like a shadows of the damn situation where like you can tell platinum games worked on this but you can also it also looks like somebody came through and like sanitized the project and says we need this to sell this many copies make it look like a real make this person look like a real real man and then you're like oh now he's like this weird like 95% real human, but like 5% anime aesthetic. <laughs> that that kind of looks a little off with those kind of games, I feel like. Um, 
So it's a little visually plain, but combat looks pretty good. And each character has its own weapon. And there's like a you know caster, archer, then more like a traditional swords person kind of thing. I don't remember the fourth one. Uh, or if there's like multiple characters that you can choose between outside of those four. But but it seemed to be that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I'm not really... I'm going to expect that like the, the melee classes in that game probably... I think the other guy was a hammer guy. I'm going to expect the melee classes, at least the sword users, probably going to feel very similar to like another, other platinum games. But the other characters seem to kind of, you know, not feel like character action characters very much or at least based around their moveset or whatever so i was i was like maybe i'll try this out especially since this four-player co-op thing so maybe i'll try it out with some people but it is a live service game and a live service game and i think this is true for a lot of people these days or maybe i shouldn't say a lot of people a subsection of the market these days is that as soon as as soon as you say live service game it kind of puts it out the window um for a variety of reasons i think for, for most people I see, a lot of times it's like this dislike of microtransactions. I don't really have that much of a problem with that unless a game is very clearly like geared towards you using microtransactions to progress and things like that. I liked Lost Reavers, but man, that, that thing was just like the slowest burn if we did, if you didn't give it any money. Um, but uh, the thing that, 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 that just gets me though is content. Like there's, if you're going to have like ongoing content being added all the time. You know, I'm not somebody who dedicates my life to one video game. So it's really hard for me to start a game like that and expect to invest a lot of time in it. And I'm somebody who likes to kind of feel like I've at least played enough of a game to feel like I have a complete opinion on it. And usually the easiest way to do that is to say, I'm going to get to the end of this video game. (laughs) Um, But you know, in a live game, it's a lot harder with that. So especially as time goes on, it just gets harder and harder and harder. You know, looking at Final Fantasy fourteen, I stopped like right at the beginning of Heaven's Ward or the end of end of the original expansion, really, because I stopped around like two point four, I think. So I stopped playing that game, and now you know that game's way out of my range of possibilities of ever catching up on. And, you know, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan, so I I want to play all the mainline Final Fantasies, but you know, fourteen's probably just gonna just gonna scratch that one off and be like maybe never. <laughs> I say uh, that as, as somebody who has played through all of Final Fantasy XI's uh, main story. So, but you know, obviously that I had actually committed my life to it for many years. So, so yeah. Speaking of Final Fantasy, uh, the, so they actually did announce the Final Fantasy Origin game that was rumored called Stranger of Paradise. Interesting thing, it is a PlayStation Five demo exclusive, but it is across um, all the major platforms. Um, so, so all the, the, you know, PlayStation and Sony platforms, I'm pretty sure I did not see a Nintendo Switch logo on that that splash screen. It's really hard to tell because like you look at those splash screens and there's just like 30 billion things on there now. It's like PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, Xbox Series S, X, and then it's like Game Pass. And then, you know, then you also have with the, like the platform specific ones, it's like, okay, console exclusive, launch exclusive, and then like all this stuff. And then it's like. I don't know, smart delivery was last year, I feel like, where they like smart delivery on everything. And it's just like, when you get to that end slide of a video game, it's so hard to parse all the information on that slide. There's just so much going on um, that it's just really hard for me to figure out what things are on, when they're coming out, and, 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 and all that stuff, I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just getting old and can't parse information as easily anymore. But when I look at it, I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much going on on this screen. <laughs> so but yeah uh uh so final fantasy origin which seems to have either the, the main name stranger of paradise or, or sub name it's the larger text um is it's very much what was kind of rumored to be kind of an action rpg built out by teen ninja 
and uh, it looks all right. I didn't see anything in the gameplay that jumped out at me as anything other than just, yes, I have sword and I will smack Fang. Uh, but what's kind of interesting um, was the main character is uh, <laughs> very normal looking. He looks like a Final Fantasy 15 character. And if you don't know, with Final Fantasy Origin, it's like set in the world of Final Fantasy 1. So, you know, Final Fantasy 1 is a very traditional, you know, knights and magic kind of RPG um, and, and, and things like that. So to see this like very, he's not really a pretty boy. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of rough looking. Um, but like this, this kind of just dude in a, in a polo, you know, fighting off a dude like in, in a giant suit of armor. It's kind of this weird thing. I think it seems like, you know, the, the speculation, you know, sp you know, partly on the name and also just how he's dressed compared to everyone else is that maybe it's like an isekai kind of thing where, you know, he, he has woken up in the world of Final Fantasy and he's now has to kill uh, uh, Garland in that game. So um, I'm not sure. Gameplay wise, there's nothing about that game that jumps out at me as wanting to play it. Um, that's not to say that there isn't anything in there that, that's going to make me want to play it. But from what they showed, whatever, basically. It was like, yes, you can hit things with a sword. I do like to hit things with sword in video game. So that's all right. Um, aesthetically, I was kind of hoping, I was kind of hoping it would look more like Final Fantasy 1. Like, maybe, maybe lean towards that, um, what's his name? I almost said Aonuma. Um, I can't remember his name. The, the dude who did, uh, Final Fantasy R, Amano? Is that right? I think it's Amano. Um, I was kind of hoping it would lean towards more something that aesthetically to kind of fit those original game box arts and things like that. Uh, but it looks very much like traditional Final Fantasy you know, it looks pretty much like it ripped out, ripped out of Final Fantasy 15 kind of thing, which isn't necessarily bad. That is the aesthetic of Final Fantasy these days. So, and I think it's a good aesthetic that's, that's, that's weirdly enough, like a good mix between realistic, um, you know, exaggerated and also like somehow unique, despite them just looking like people. I think a lot of it probably comes down to character design usually as well. Um, but, but the Final Fantasy style is one that is just weirdly impeccable in a lot of ways, I feel like aesthetically. Um, it has this like really broad appeal to, I don't know, it's, it just does a really, a lot of good things to look good. Um, but, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't have much to say about that other than, you know, it looks like a video game and it's coming out on Xbox, which makes it so I can feel a little bit better about not buying a PlayStation console right now because <laughs> I don't really like what Sony's been doing. Um, so, so yeah. Not to say that that doesn't mean Microsoft wouldn't do the exact same thing if they were in first place, 100%. Go look back at the Xbox 360 stuff, 100%. But at the very least, support the you know console that is at least right now treating the, its player base better. So they, one thing I was hoping for, kind of on the side note, this is not really that, that interesting for the Microsoft event, was they announced like Yakuza, all the Yakuza games are coming to Game Pass. So I think it's Yakuza 0 all the way up to Yakuza 7. Um, on uh, all the ones that are on Xbox. So there's Dead Souls. I don't think that's a part of that. I don't know if Dead Souls is on anything other than PlayStation 3. But I was like, no, it'd be really fun right now if they just announced those, uh, uh, I think they're called like Yakuza Kishin or something like that. The, the Feudal Japan looking Yakuza games. That'd be nice if they just like announced that and like, hey, Microsoft is funding this localization for this weird old Japanese PS3 game to be brought over. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I was... <sighs> We're at the end of the E3 talk right now. Obviously, we're going to get back to Nintendo and everything when that happens. And then if there's anything from these other shows that are worth talking about, I'll talk about them next week. There's plenty of content for this show. Um, 
I am thinking about maybe, maybe we'll stream some Yakuza 3. Maybe Yakuza 3 will be the next stream game. I just, I need to play some more Yakuza. And I got that PS4 collection that I have yet to play. Um, and I want to play through Yakuza 3. So maybe that's what will happen on stream. I need to check how long it is. You know my, my stream rules. Anything above 20 hours immediately becomes questionable. And anything that gets like beyond 26 hours is like, alright. I don't want to spend the next three months streaming your video game. <laughs> like, like, I want to keep things, keep things pretty straightforward. So, pretty short, I guess. So, yeah. Um, in terms of what's coming up, I, I, I took this weekend outside of just like watching E3 stuff to just kind of take a break. Uh, I didn't work on anything this weekend for the most part. Um, I played a little bit of Apex and things like that. Um, but, but the big thing right now is that I'm trying to grind out all the endings in Nier. Um, so, you know, it's going okay. I, I love the original Nier. Nier is a, a great game. I think it's a great the first time around. I think the second time around is just part of the problem I have with Automata is like, the the neat novel mechanics of that game just don't really hold up for multiple playthroughs and this was a problem with the original game too where where you have to play through the game or the back half of the game multiple times um and it just becomes very grindy and 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 tiresome uh for sure but you know you know me my favorite games are rarely the most perfect ones uh but there's a lot of great things about Nier, and this remake is always a great way to play that that thing with the exception of i don't like the brother very much he's kind of boring he's kind of a boring guy in my opinion. That's it for this week. Thanks for coming. One Control Product on the website. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely talk about more E3 stuff next week. So, look forward to that if that's what you're into, I guess. <laughs> um, otherwise, if you're not into that, then you could probably skip next week's show for the most part. Although, I would imagine Nintendo conversation probably won't last an entire show. I don't think Nintendo's going to show much. I think it's kind of expected after the last year. A lot of these companies aren't going to show much. So, I'm like, as much as I'm disappointed about certain things... Um, you know, I think it's a good show overall. I think they showed off some nice stuff and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what ends up in the back half of this year. Um, you know, I, I hope consoles become more readily available, you know, by, by early next year, because I do feel like we're kind of at this weird spot right now where nothing really feels next gen still, um, except for maybe like Ratchet and Clank, but we are starting to see like the visual bump of some games, I feel like. Um, and admittedly some of this is going to be kind of as is because of Microsoft supporting Xbox One for the next two years or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I kind of I kind of feel like I, I'm ready to start transitioning th my attention to, to later consoles in terms of, you know, wanting to see something new and and using, like, the hardware in a, an interesting way. Right, right now, Ratchet & Clank is kind of the only thing I can think of that's done that. Uh, using the new SSD and things like that. And I, I think I I want to see video games that just look like, oh yeah, we couldn't have done this on the last generation of console. And like the visual upgrade is definitely a big deal. Um, and you know, I think always, you know, when you're in the moment, it's hard to tell, right? I think a lot of people look at early 360, early PS3 and like, oh man, like PS3 to like PS4 jump was not huge, but like a lot of the early to mid PS3 360 stuff was pretty... Pretty rough, rough looking by today's standards for the most part. You know, it's, it's more, not so much that it's rough looking, I should say, but it's more noticeable from the era it's from kind of thing. And and as we look at like PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, um, I think we could definitely tell where that jump ended up coming to play. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully the next couple of years here will be at the point where we're looking at games that are 
um, significantly better looking. Um, obviously, graphics is not a huge deal to me, though, so um, I still am just kind of waiting to see where where things shake out. If, um, you know, we end up with a bunch of Square Enix exclu- exclusive on uh, PlayStation, or if six months after the fact, Final Fantasy 16 will launch on uh, Xbox or something like that, too, so... Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I'm just rambling, so I'm going to go ahead and stop talking right now. Uh, if you didn't see it, uh, well, this week, actually, there is a video coming up this week. I forgot about this. Uh, Real Heroes Firefighter Casual Review going up on Wednesday this week, so you can check that out if you're interested in some Wii games. That game's kind of like Call of Duty-ish in terms of its campaign, which is something I kind of highlight in the thumbnail. So, um, you know, check that video out if you're interested in cool Wii shooters that are gimmicky uh, in, in, in some ways. Uh, and then I'm still working on the PCFX stuff. Again, I didn't touch it this weekend, really, but the script is in good condition right now. Um, I need to spend more time on it, but not that much more time than I can move over to video stuff. Um, I'm looking at probably that video taking a little longer. I might take a break on on working on that and work on something shorter for first. Um, I have something in particular in mind that I might be able to put together and just kind of put out um, with, without too much trouble that would be considered a featured video rather than just like a casual review or something. Cause I don't want to go too long without featured videos. So, so yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'll be streaming for our Dirge of Cerberus this week. We'll probably be reviewing it this week too. So if you want to participate in that Dirge of Cerberus review, uh, we'll be streaming it at 7 PM Pacific time, uh, on Thursday this week. And if you haven't seen those before, basically you can come in and at the end of the game, we'll go ahead and walk through kind of the good and the bad of a game. And we assign a score at the end of it on a, on a previously five point scale. Now it's a 10 point scale. We, we did quest 64 dirty on accident. I really wanted just like a five point scale to keep it simple. But like I sat there and the more I mulled over it, like quest 64 is not a two quest 64 is not a three, but it is a 2.5. And I feel bad that we gave it a two, but you know, whatever we put we put the the one controller port stamp on it it's locked quest 64 is gonna be a two forever we are we are perpetuating that game's bad <laughs> bad uh, reputation so so yeah anyways hope you have a great week bye